Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast episode 35. Today I have a very, very, very special guest, uh, a friend of mine that uh, probably defines the word overcome, uh, coming back in a beautiful way last weekend at the New York Pro. It, amazing story let's let's go through and talk with uh leah danny welcome to the show leah thank you all right my friend so be <laughs> before we go to uh uh the show because that's what the the result of uh so many hours of work and so many dedication that you have work ethic and everything uh let's go back a little bit um I remember talking to you probably three years ago, maybe. I think it was three years, uh, three or, or, or two. I don't remember exactly, but you were not really in a good uh, time of your life. We don't need to go into details of the why, but it was a beautiful story of overcoming all the, the struggles. And uh, I would like to understand uh, that process, you know, uh, of self-healing, and then discover mm -hmm. again that you were ready to do this again because I even remember talking to you and you say, "I don't know if I'm gonna compete again, right?" So how was was this whole process of healing and then discover that you have more to give? Well, yeah, I think uh, by nature I'm not a negative person. I don't ever get down on myself, but I'm a human being and went through something very difficult. Um, and I didn't want to change who I was, but I needed to process and understand how I got myself in that position and why I allowed things to happen the way they did. So during that, I go, you know, do I want to continue working on my body physically to compete or do I want to emotionally heal and also, um, figure out what's important in my life because with my children, with myself, with work, you know, it, it's a hard balancing act when you compete. So I decided, you know, I'm going to compete. I did, but I didn't do a very good job at it because I didn't really focus on that healing part and understanding my circumstance and how to better deal with Uh, the negativity associated with the, the way I mm -hmm. saw myself as a failure and um, and I'm and I'm not a failure and I go you know you can't allow other people to dictate and shift and shape you when that's not fundamentally who you are so I decided to compete a couple times in bodybuilding not not to do my best I mean which sounds weird but to literally go, I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to, I want to do a contest to get me accountable. But I realized through that process, I was not giving it my all. Mm -hmm. So this time for New York pro, you know, after really thinking about it, taking a full year and a half off, I go, you know, it's doesn't do service to myself service to the sport or others. If, if I don't give it my all. So I just kind of, refocused, doubled down and, and said, you know, I'm going to control what I can control, which is the way I look, the way I diet, that type of thing. And then go step on st stage and see where the cards fall. And fortunately it was my day and I was able to win. Yeah. You look inc 
incredible. Uh, I think uh, probably the most incredible look that I ever seen you. Um, uh, the balance, the definition, everything looks amazing. I'm so glad that um, the, the judge also saw the same thing and it was unanimous decision and you deserve. Now, going uh, going back uh, to, to, this, to that process where you did some shows that you didn't really give 100%. Do you think it was important to go through that process or if you if you could go back you would do something different? Um I think I made an excuse for myself to be honest. You know, as I was trying to deal with something I've always turned to sports and activity and you know from being very young I had a lot of things happen to me and I threw myself into sports and I was always very successful. It was something that got me through very difficult times. So I kind of fell back into that mold of doing it. But at the same time, the the bad situation was associated with the sport, right. me. And, you know, that I, I couldn't get it separated. Mm. And then I was like, I'll I'll do it. And, and I, I felt good about what I was trying to do, but I was going about it the wrong way. And I, I really just said, you know, Go back to the fundamentals, be who you are, and don't try to allow anyone else to dictate what you should look like or, you know, eat differently than you normally would or anything like that. And I just, you know, I, I just failed, I think, myself and the people that were helping me because I didn't, I wasn't really 100% honest with myself that I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to step on stage and I wasn't in the correct mindset. I was putting, pushing down that experience instead of just meeting it head on and I, I thought I had but I really hadn't gotten over it yep yep and it reminded me of the timeline is this timeline correct it was like three years ago uh, that everything happened and then your first show was like one year after that or you took more than one year off that was 2018 and it was yeah it was the end of the year I went ahead and decided to do Romania crossed over into bodybuilding and so it was my first bodybuilding show and the thought process in my head was you know I need to come in fuller I need to be better and then when I got to Romania I you know my conditioning wasn't there I I focused on just one aspect instead of just holistically mm -hmm. every piece of the equation that really needs to be dialed in when you're at the pro level especially transitioning into uh, bodybuilding, I, I was less conditioned than I was as a physique competitor. Right. And and that's a problem. Yeah. So. And But at that time, you were not working with your current coach, right? You had a different coach, right? Yeah, I just, I, I was working out with um, a great coach. He did everything right. I just, I felt the process, you know, because I was doing the gym time effort. My diet was not on point. So I was trying to you know, and it, it wasn't huge cheating, but it was enough that you can't get the look you need, and and you know and that is a hundred percent on me and no one else. And and as you said, uh, just the mindset was not there. And sometimes you might be diet correctly, but if the stress level that you have, the cortisone level is not there, it will affect your look. Oh, absolutely. And I think prior to that bad time, you know, twenty eighteen, the two years prior. You know, I was going through uh, changes in my body just for my age, and 
the more I stressed my body physically and dieting, the more I retained water, the more I would swell. And it just one day after the next, I didn't know what I was going to look like, just not as crisp. So yeah, I think I needed, and then you add the emotional stuff that came with it and, and discovery and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was changing, got a new job at the time. So there's just too much going on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh, and I don't ever uh, want to make excuses. Just the fact that you were able to go to Romania to do this show is, uh, is quite amazing, considering all the circumstances. And, and that's the, just show how relentless you are uh, when you are pursuing something. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't go the way you want, but I'm pretty sure that you learn a lot of lessons on this process. Absolutely, yeah. And it... Uh... I decided that I needed someone that wasn't a friend of mine, someone I didn't know that was going to coach me, that had a good name, that treated the athletes well. And I, I hold myself very accountable, but also, you know, every three days I was checking in and I was making progress every week for this, this whole process. And I was like, you know, and I really started believing that I could do it because my body was changing. And to your point, I had let go of all the emotional struggle and all the negativity and the things that I associated with the sport, you know, that was always in the back of my head mm -hmm. that this experience could have been part of being in this world in this lifestyle. Yeah. And, and that wasn't fair to the sport or the people either, because there's fantastic people in the sport. I've met wonderful folks and, wouldn't change anything you know just one little element of it yeah so. no yeah and, and and throughout the process i i follow uh your evolution your kind of uh, checks uh, you were posting pictures and you were changing quite rapidly every week it was quite amazing to see how changes were happening so quick throughout this process that really shows that you were not only focused but you were happy uh, it was showing that Yeah, finally got in a good place and, you know, I, I dropped off social media for a while before just because, you know, in 2018, I had a lot to say, just more quotes, spiritual, things like that. And then I started just posting pictures and, you know, videos, workout videos. And then I was just like, you know, I, I didn't know what else to do. And because I wanted, I talked to a lot of people offline that knew what was going on in my life but I would never put it out publicly. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, and that was different. I just wanted to make sure I didn't ever put that too far out right. because I don't think it's necessary. And, you know, I think you have to rise above it. Absolutely. And you were so conscious about that. Uh, I noticed your break, but for you it's so difficult to also take a break because you have your own show. You are a pro there's always people expecting something for you to say right uh so it's hard to completely be off yeah but this time around uh was really good prep uh your body was more relaxed so, so it was uh showing the results quickly and uh besides that there was anything that changed on, on the prep or that you were like wow i was i never done that you know Or it was pretty much, you know, the, the, the foundational that was better, you were more focused, nothing really surprising on the, on the prep. Um, I think it's a little of both. I completely focused on it and took ownership of my diet and stuck with it all the time, 
did the work. I trained myself in the gym and, you know, I didn't push myself enough on certain body parts that I think showed and, and I'll be addressing my legs and my glutes more because I lost a lot of size, but because I dieted down so much. But that was what I needed. And I feel like I have a stronger foundation and baseline now, kind of cleaner, streamlined look mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to build a lot. I mean, that's, you know, your body is what your body is. But I know I degraded a little bit just because I wasn't pushing myself on my lower body as much as I used to. And, and that was just, you know, and that was by choice. But the diet itself was very different. I went back to, you know, Dave Palumbo training me. He, he's a ketogenic diet, which I respond to better than having carbohydrates. And, and I, I know that. I mean, even prior to bodybuilding, I was a marathoner for a few years and did that ketogenically just because my body is better with fat. But were you actually, at some point, you were zero carb or you never got zero carb? It was like more like 10 grams or something like that. We didn't measure carbs in the typical sense other than carbs from vegetables. So, and it was really just asparagus as the vegetable I chose. I, you know, I had a choice with green beans, but I, I just don't do well on them, you know, at that volume. So it was more just changing between um, a fat protein day and a veggie protein day. And that frequency changed. So it started heavier fat days and fewer uh, veggie days. And then it got down to one-to-one -one days. And that's when you're super lean and you're, you know, when you don't have a lot of body fat left, mm -hmm. you're still throwing fat at the equation, but... You know, that's when towards the end you really, really start coming down fast. Yeah. And, you know, overall I lost 25 pounds to get on stage. So I was, as a bodybuilder, the same weight I was as a physique competitor, but had better depth of muscle because we filled you look in. Way, whereas, you look way a, bigger. <laughs> well, it's funny because as a physique competitor, I was always told to stay a little flatter by some of the coaches and, you know, far back in the past. And, You know, you don't want to be too big because you're right on the edge. Uh -huh. So I came in purposely flat and didn't carve in. But when you don't carve in, you don't have the depth of muscle you need to be successful. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. You can't really do it. So that's what I was fighting. And a couple people mentioned get into bodybuilding, and then you can feed in. Well, my mind fed in a little too much with carbohydrates too soon, and I just was not sleek enough in order to you know to carb in at the end so that was you know that's what I learned from the two bodybuilding shows I did prior to the New York Pro is you know I just wasn't crisp enough and you can add carbs and you can process them but you have to do it at the right time and fortunately I was able to get refeed meals almost every single Saturday up until the last week or two so I So, yes, I had some carbs as part of a refeed, but never as part of my diet. Got it. Got it. And, and prior, to this sh prior to this show, did you carb up a little bit as well? Just to have more fullness? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we spent three days slowly carving in with very small amounts of carbs. So, you know, 25 grams at a time max. And then I think I got up to 35 at the end. But, you know, when you're 
a lot of people say they're carb sensitive, they're not able to do certain things. Well, a lot of it just comes from the fact that your body has to readjust slowly to it. It's not the fact that you can't process it. It's just you can't process high volume maybe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's very specific to the person. But, you know, Dave watched me very closely those last few days. And, you know, and I, I felt like I was still coming down because adding the carbs actually actually made me more metabolically efficient. So I was still kind of drawing down a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I noticed uh, on your interview at the end of the show, your face was completely different. It was like very, very sucking in. It was so tight. And I remember yeah. that back in the day when we used to work out together, I mean, at the same gym, 24 hours, uh, you were like hours in the Stairmaster. Did you actually yeah. have to do that again, or you you didn't do too much cardio this time? Oh, I still do a lot of cardio, but not. So my cardio schedule, you know, the lowest I've ever done was 45 minutes morning and maybe 45 minutes at night, and I would build up to that, and that was when I was a little less successful. And then when the year I went pro and I was, you know, I was on basically fish and asparagus for 20 weeks and up to two hours of cardio a day, split hour, hour, plus the workouts. And I was very stringy, but I was ripped, you know, but it was, it was fine to go pro. And then as I became pro, it's kind of learning that you have to come fuller, but you cannot look like a different category than you are yeah. either. So yeah, so this prep, I only got up to 80 minutes of cardio, which some people are going to go only. Well, yeah. if you're a bodybuilder or a physique competitor and you need the striations and the cuts, you've got to get the fat off. And that's, you know, but I, my diet never, I never lost food. I just changed the frequency of when I would eat things, but the cardio ramped up slowly. But did you do so, the same type of cardio you've done in the past, like Stratomaster, fasting cardio, or... I did a little of everything. So I did, uh, Stairmaster was always my friend and I don't want to get too used to it, but I have a, a bike in my home, like a recumbent bike. So some days I would need to do that because I had a conference call or, and I needed to be able to quickly get on it without trans, you know, going to a gym back and forth. Mm -hmm. Some days I would take a walk for an hour and a half and just walk as fast as I could. So I would vary my workouts every week and then I listen to my body you know some days you don't have it in you so those days I would get out and walk and make myself go and I have to get home so you know I'd go 45 minutes one direction and I knew I was going to make it back eventually and all this and you still have uh, like a 8 to 5 dedicated full time job right yes I I'm a pharmaceutical sales rep so I uh, just with COVID shut down I I wasn't out as much at the beginning of the prep, but you know, now I, I drive to accounts and have account appointments, but then we also have virtual meetings and appointments that way. So, so usually I have to be ready for work by 8 a.m. So doing my faster cardio prior work all day. And then I would hit the gym at 6.30 at night. And my schedule was six days of weight training and seven days of cardio. So no days off at all. None. D like during I the said, whole prep? Yeah, during the whole oh, prep. Oh, wow. Well, no, let me take that back. So at the beginning with the run-in, 
I was only doing four or five days of cardio the first week, maybe. And then it went to seven days pretty quickly. But I, I chose the frequency of weight training by breaking it up. So I wasn't double training. I was just going, I, you know, I have 45 minutes one day, someday it might be an hour. And I would just, I broke up my quads and my hands. So instead of doing a leg day, I would have two leg days. And uh, so this time I'll do heavier volume again and, and pump a lot more blood in there and get some higher rep ranges. But I didn't ever really go heavy this prep because I needed after having a year and a half off, even though I was still doing exercising and stuff like that, as you start to burn the body fat and everything like that, my fear was injury mm -hmm. and I didn't, you know, so the trade off was maybe losing a little size, but being better conditioned and conditioning was the thing I looked for number one this time. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question about the volume because the, the times that I actually crossed by uh, you at the gym and I saw you working out, you were not really going too heavy. You were really working on squeezing and contraction. Was that your primary focus throughout the, the training? You just have probably once a week you push a little bit harder? Yeah, I the way I personally do my <laughs> training when I'm not working with a trainer is, you know, I'll go anywhere between four to seven sets, just depending. I didn't do the seven by sevens or seven by tens that I used to do some days, but or seven times 15 reps, it just depends, but less body parts. So in general, I would do five exercises for that day with, four sets of anywhere from 15 maybe to 20 reps and and my goal is always to get heavy enough to fail mm -hmm. so maybe not hitting 15 but I would also pre-exhaust some muscles so I didn't have to go as heavy so yeah. maybe go a little heavier at the beginning and then work back down to a lower range so I, I just changed it up a lot and I think at my age you just have to make sure you you know do what you need to do but I've got 35 years of training behind me you know prior to you know sports training and everything since I was little so you you have to find ways to get your body to respond yeah it's, it's interesting that you you always bring at my age but you just beat uh, a lot of bodybuilders that were way younger than you right yeah I don't know exactly around this age but <laughs> I think as a, a bodybuilder, you tend to find some people that are, quote, older, but them telling me that they're older, they're still younger than me. <laughs> but, you know, it's to me, it's I, I think it's actually to my advantage to be my age because I've spent so many years building what I have and I have a solid foundation that I don't have to be extreme in any way. And I can literally... Um, listen to you know I've always been uncomfortable in the gym in the sense of pushing myself to discomfort but not to injury mm -hmm. and just recognizing that and you know now I'm working on my hips and my strength and my lower back again because I did not do a lot of squatting or lunging or anything this time because I spent a year trying to you know get some inflammation out of my one of my hips and it was really bothering me to the point I thought I had something really wrong with me and had to go to the doctor and everything was fine. It was just 
a lot of inflammation. So I backed off all that purposely. And actually today I had my first real leg workout. I hired someone to basically take me through leg training once a week to, to work on my deficiencies where I lost a lot of strength and I definitely lost um, just my endurance, which is funny because that's what I pride myself on is being more like able to outlast someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But do you still, are, you, are you pain free on your hip? You don't feel any pain anymore? It's, it's pain free. It's now it's uh, it's just a tightness. So I, I just was overly tight. I didn't stretch. I didn't do a lot of things, had very shortened, tight muscles. And it even started back from marathoning and then wearing high heels all day. I mean, it's just a, I was, I had so much muscle imbalance on my lower body. And for instance, doing a lying leg or hamstring curl, I raised my hips instead of keeping my hips down because it's so uncomfortable and I can't even lift heavy weights. It's like a sticking point. But if I do a Romanian deadlift or I stand and do something, I don't have that problem. So what you're supposed to do is when you have a biomechanical problem or a deficiency, you should work through it yep. and find a way to get around it. So that's, that's what I'm working that's on. That's another trend that I've seen uh, nowadays. A lot of bodybuilders, they are starting to work more on mobility because I think that with time, they see that it is a huge value on being more mobile. So they are going through mobility exercise, which I think is tremendous. It helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the COVID shutdown, actually, and the gyms being shut down, I had my three kids and we would do a little yoga workout video when everyone had to come home, you know, from college. And my oldest was living with me temporarily. And we had a full house of extra college kids that needed a place to stay because they couldn't go home. And we would have a little yoga stretch night. And we thought it was so hilarious because we were so bad <laughs> and so inflexible. <laughs> and, and, And we got better at it, but sadly, I didn't continue that when I got back to the gym just because of timing. And, and that'll be a priority is to learn to stretch again. And when you're more mobile, you're a better poser, too, yeah. and you're not bound up. Yeah, and I saw your pose routine. It was beautiful. Uh, uh, did you work on the whole choreography by yourself or you had someone helping you? No, Brittany uh, Lene did my uh, posing routine. She... She, I sent her the music, she cut it, and she, she made the routine and then did a few tweaks, you know, just because she's, she's a lot more graceful than me. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do what she just did. But, you know, I, we, we worked a little bit in person right before I went to New York. And then I had Sheila Black uh, that I worked with remotely just on my mandatories. Uh -huh. And I focused... I mean, you win shows on your mandatories right. and your quarter turns. So I go, you know, I'm not going to worry as much about the evening presentation. I, I, I'm going to do it well. We started very early where I knew it. And then I revisited it later once my body had changed shape. So, you know, fortunately, Brittany was able to give me a great routine very early. And, and then Sheila was able to watch me do the routine and then also tweak my... Um, mandatories a little bit and I was tending to try to pose like a bodybuilder instead of posing like how I should naturally pose for my body mm -hmm. and and she just identified that to me and that really helped quite a bit just seeing that yes you can bring 
the flowy movements and everything that I was used to and women's physique, that's, it's still the same as body band. I'm just, you know, closing my hand and adding a couple different poses here and there, but I, I just went back to fundamentals and basics like I would in any sport that I've ever participated in. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and as you said, you actually win on the mandatories, right? I'm not, I'm not sure if New York pro counts the individual routine as point. I, I don't know about that, but the mandatories are when you finish the prejudging, you felt pretty confident that you, 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 you had it. I did. I mean, it, it wasn't out of vanity or anything. It was really just, I felt that that was the best I could bring. And, and I knew there would be a lot of talk, which, you know, I saw of the naysayers of, well, you know, upper body's bigger, lower body's not like a bodybuilder, or you're just too small. You're not a bodybuilder. And, and I go back to what, you know, what's the definition of a bodybuilder. It doesn't have a weight associated with it unless you're a men's 212 pro mm -hmm. and you need to be at a certain weight but in women's bodybuilding professionally we it doesn't matter your weight doesn't matter your height you're going in there and you know it's based on your frame and it needs to look aesthetically pleasing and it needs to be balanced and it needs to be very conditioned and it needs to show what you need to show so i felt good about that and no one's perfect and I go well you know I'll pose around my weaknesses as best as I can but I felt I did everything I needed to do to bring my best regardless of who would or would not show up right no it was uh, it was tremendous for sure one thing that we talk in the past and, and you also during that time you told me that it was something that you always struggle a little bit and this time around, I didn't see it. You were so tight that I didn't see. It was the losing skin aspect, right? Because I remember we talked about that in the past, how hard it is to losing skin as with as you age, uh, you know, a little bit on your knee or on your abs. But you were so tight this time. You think it was the, the diet and just the quality of your prep that uh, completely vanish all those uh, flaws that you used to complain about? Well, I think you're kind. I still saw the skin, but yeah, it was, it definitely wasn't as loose as it could have been, but, and definitely, I mean, to your point, having children, if you've been overweight before, if you, you know, different aspects, just the your actual collagen levels, however your skin's going to respond, your pliability, elasticity, that's different for everyone. And what I know I need is I need to be as dry as I can be, as low a body fat as I can be, and I need to bring it down, not real quick, but the way we did is just systematically, I was expected to, to lose something or change every week, which I did. And and it definitely was very tight. I think at the end, when you're so drawn, then it's a race to make sure you fill in enough to tighten that skin back in. Mm. And after you pose and you work on stage, you know, and to your point in the interview, your, your face is even more drawn because you just expended so much energy on stage and it's pulling down still because you haven't fed back in or added any type of food. So, you know, you can start to see a little bit of changes in the skin, but I, I had a question on social media today, someone going, what is that 
skin hanging over your knees. And I was like, old age. Sage is someone actually asked that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love answering the the funny questions. I I don't answer a lot of things. I just acknowledge that I see something, but sometimes I think it's kind of funny to go. You know, we're not perfect. You you have competitors that are very successful that have stretch marks or whatever, or you know, redundant skin sometimes, and you just have to get past that mental block in yourself because I was very self-conscious and aware of my back you know I, I have excess skin you know around my rib cage that I can see if I'm not dry enough just holding water right there and it, and it looks it just doesn't look as good on stage so I just have to be as tight as I can on my back to present my best and you, and you know, were and you were that's I, why i said i i was yeah. wondering if there was something different you've done this time that you look you, you were able to hide those flaws in such a way that it was not a problem so i'm when you said i've been kind i said well that's what the picture shows so <laughs> yeah well it, it is it's the diet where when i tried the carbs as part of my actual base dieting It, it just it left me a little quote wetter looking and some people can be very dry on carbs and some people can be very dry on fats and, and fats actually help me be a little drier versus the carbohydrates and but of course you need the carbs at the end just to fill in a little bit yeah but this uh i loved your response to that question is age because It is true. I mean, there are things that unless you go to a, a, a plastic surgery, they're always going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. And you can make some yep. little improvements, but uh, you just have to acknowledge and accept who you are. Yeah, and I, you know, I want to address that a little bit for people that, you know, I saw some people that are hateful to men and women and, you know, try to shame them if they try to look their best. And, you know, I, I see it as, you have to be comfortable in your own body, your own skin, your own mind, your own being, and whatever you choose to alter, enhance, to fix, to dress up, to put makeup on, to put nice clothing on. I mean, that's fix your hair. It's, it's all the same to me. And, you know, I, I've had struggles where you go, uh, you know, that would be a surgical correction. I'm, I'm not willing to do that piece of the surgical correction, but I would on, in this case, or taking fillers and putting that, you know, whatever. I, I, I think we just, as a society and as a people need to understand that everybody has a different experience in this world, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean the physical body and, uh, you know, a lot of genetics that play a role and it doesn't make you a bad person or anything or, or a cheater or doing anything to address something that bothers you in your life. Yeah. And, or if it doesn't bother you to embrace it. I mean, it, it makes no difference to me. So I, I love when people want to challenge or kind of get snide comments or make fun of something. I'm like, you know, sometimes it hurts, but at the same time you go, yeah, you know, sadly it's, it is what it is. <laughs> and, and for y'all that are able to step on stage and to expose yourself to that level in a bikini and showing all your strengths, but also your flaws. I always applaud bodybuilders because there is a big courage just to expose yourself on that level 
and put yourself to be judged because you, at the end of the day you're being judged uh, for your flaws as well, for your strengths and for uh, how you look. So there is a big, big, big uh, courage just the fact that you're there. So when people start to think, saying bad things about bodybuilders that they don't look like this and they are missing this and missing that, I mean, I was like, look, all these guys, all these guys and girls, they are winners uh, in my book just for the fact that they are able to get there and uh, work <laughs> because the work is done prior to be on stage. So they've been working for weeks and weeks just to get to that point. So I admire and I respect a lot. Yeah, no, and I, I agree that you, it, you go up there to purposely say, tell me why I'm not good enough in some way. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're asking for that feedback and I, you know, of course we're human beings and we want to be successful and everything like that, but you're asking someone to tell you honestly what you could do or how you could be better. And it's not a negative thing. I've, I've always seen when someone gives me feedback, I appreciate it because they care enough to tell you that, you know, this would help you succeed in the sport mm -hmm. by doing this or changing this. There's only so much you can physically change, but it means, you know, maybe I train differently to address a weakness or maybe I've overtrained something and it's just overpowering and it gives an illusion that I have, you know, a weakness here. So I, I think it, it takes the right kind of person to go up there to stand there to be judged, but then also to take feedback and be humble and appreciative enough to accept that feedback. And, you know, I, I see some people get very negative about it or they see themselves differently. You're, you're, you're asking to be judged through someone else's eyes. Mm -hmm. And, and you need to understand that it's almost like a business transaction. It's not personal. Yep. Yeah, and, and feedback is a gift. Uh, and people, sometimes they just don't know how to receive a feedback because they take too personal. Uh, they are not able to critically think, well, let me analyze this feedback and see how I can incorporate to actually address this and improve. So many people, they don't take the feedback the right way. Yeah, I agree. And you are a, 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 a judge yourself, right? You also participate as a judge NPC right uh, I don't judge I, I'm an expediter and I do scorekeeping but I pulled back quite a bit the last two or three years from doing things and you know even as a promoter I uh, last year I guess it was the end of one of my shows I I approached Freddie and I do and you know and he's with Sheila Brown and just said you know I, I need help with promoting, you know, to, to be fair to the, the sport and the competitors. I, I am not a get out there person, but sometimes the sport needs that to, to open up more doors to people and just partnered with them, asked them to help. And because of COVID, the Beaumont show uh, had to keep getting rescheduled. We canceled it for the year, but then Freddie called me and said, hey, we've got three weeks before a show date that I can get up here in Irving want to do it and I was like what oh and we're gonna add IFBB and I'm like what <laughs> and you know and we did it because it was the right thing for the competitors to do and it was very appreciated it was a beautiful show and and actually after that show I I talked to to Freddie and Sheila I was just like you know 
it's time for me to focus on a different part of my life and, and support them. And, and now they've taken the Southeast Texas championship and they're making that the Texas pro, which will be coming up. So, Oh, so I didn't know that. That's that. really cool. So you actually don't have yeah. that, the Southwest anymore. No, the, it's been rebranded. Texas pro moved out of Beaumont and, you know, there's only so many shows that can be had and, it was just the the right thing to to kind of step back a little bit and um and te you know, te they, texas they, pro is going to be in december right no so texas pro will be august in uh uh irving irving okay so, yeah so that's freddie and sheila's show now nice nice that's a, that's a interesting uh so that's good because now you're going to focus on olympia Yes, and it's, you know, I, I have a new job, my, you know, my real paying job that I, I need to do, and, and my kids are, you know, my youngest is in college, and, and I still have my son that spends time with me half a week, you know, my 22-year-old my uh, that has special needs to address, and, and my oldest is out on his own, but, you know, sometimes you can spend all your energy on your hobby which you know competing is you know something i love to do but it takes away from that family time too so being a promoter working backstage and competing is all on the times when you know i have my son and it was just it was just getting to be a little too much yeah no you you are completely uh right about that you have to keep the balance uh and i'm so glad you were able to find the balance and this is actually reflecting on the way you look on the on the atmosphere as i said you look way happier uh and you have a long road until the olympics so you are going to be able to do a lot of changes in, in fine-tuning things right so the plan now is to go right away in prep mode or are you going to relax a little bit and then go to prep mode so i have not relaxed which i probably should do a little more of but my philosophy is when you're at the professional level especially and you're an athlete and you're representing something i i don't ever believe in quote bulking up or anything like that i just believe in changing my diet to be less restrictive so that when it needs to restrict again that my body responds so um i talked to dave and you know we have three or four weeks off from one another but i just reversed out of the food or reversed food back in i guess so reverse diet mm -hmm. adding a little bit of food in and i've, I've added too much some <laughs> days but i'm still doing cardio but only 30 minutes about five times a week and then I started back in the gym right away, just a little light to move blood. And um, so I won't be taking a break per se, but I'll be allowing my body time to to heal and, and not overstressing it. But I think consistency is key. And as a, a bodybuilder, as an athlete, as a anybody, yeah. consistency is what makes it. And, and I very much believe I've always been able to quote, make gains when I'm lean or in shape. I mean, it's literally about the amount of energy you expend. Mm -hmm. And when you have enough caloric um, or uh, enough calories in your body and less expenditure, then that can help you grow. Yeah. 
and eating the right thing. So I'm very much aware of any time I put something really terrible in my body that, you know, it'll have a consequence. But I, you know, I've put about eight pounds on since I competed, which is about right for me, yeah, you know, yeah. just just water, water yeah just water is uh, is actually pretty good 80 pounds i've seen people putting like 15 10 20 so it's yeah i've heard 50 70 yeah. you know within a month and you know and that's very dangerous and i didn't manipulate my salt i didn't do a lot of things like that so it was a very healthy prep and it's going to be a very healthy quote small you know rest time frame and and i i haven't spoken to dave about what type of diet or what anything's going to look like yet. I'm, we're just, you know, we'll reconvene here in a couple of weeks and, and talk about it. But when you, know, when you started yeah. the, the York pro, how many weeks off did you start to really like strict your diet? Like uh, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, because I remember in the past you used to say that you, you like to start early, like 16 weeks out. You still doing that. Yeah, we started, I think, technically about 15 weeks out and immediately just got in the diet and was doing my check-ins that week and just from the first week I lost two or three pounds you know and sometimes that's water and just changing in your diet but it was there was only one time where I think I put a pound on the whole season but you know Dave kept going you're getting leaner but you're growing it looks like and stuff like that and I'm like well it's you know, it's hard because you're seeing a picture and as bodybuilders, there's an illusion to it. Mm -hmm. You know, they think you're gigantic. They see you in person. And you're like, oh, you're not as big as I thought you were, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, everybody's got their opinion and, and Dave's got a great eye. He was looking for very specific things. He was looking for progress and we monitored the scale just because, you know, to make sure nothing's getting overlooked because you can hide a lot too with angles and yeah. shadows and so I just stood in the ugliest, most terrible light I could and and just did my check-ins consistently at the same time of day, same outfit, everything like that, and and just let the cards fall where they were and and just stayed 100% accountable to myself and to, to Dave. And, and fortunately, it, it worked. It worked yeah. and, and I think that when you are going through a prep like this where you actually don't have to make a certain weight, it also helps you... Uh, to alleviate the stress, right? Because many times when you have to make a weight, it adds a lot of stress. I have to make that weight. So you keep focus on the balance and not on the look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a, a lot of coaches tell, you know, that I spoke to in passing, you know, they would ask you your weight and your height and 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 then say, well, here's your target weight for stage. And And I don't necessarily believe in that. I think, you know, once you achieve a look, and you have that weight, you know, you can write it down and be mindful of it. But at the same time, you know, compositions are very different. Bone structures are very different. You can't just tell someone you need to be 135 pounds as a women's physique competitor to be successful. Yeah. That's what the judge is like. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's, it's just kind of interesting to hear everyone's opinion of it. And I go, you know, fundamentally, you, you track the way you look when you're not in a weight category and classic physique is the perfect example, as you know, you know, height to weight ratios and some people that carry a heavier structure, but 
are, are shorter in stature, you know, somebody that starts at 250, naturally, that's just a natural set point for the body needing to be 197 pounds at five, nine and a quarter, you know, that's, that's tough to do. Yeah. And it's fun, right? And it's, it's interesting you say that because when I was looking to the to the lineup that you were, there were bodybuilders that were like your height, but they were I think there was one or two maybe a little bit taller, and mm -hmm. uh, some had more striations. But when you look to the whole package, you definitely had the whole package better than the others, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So it was the, the, the just the right fit for that uh, height and uh, the depth and the, the tri-dimensional aspect. Your shoulders look incredible. It always did, but it was pretty well rounded. It was very, um, it was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, uh, so thinking about uh, all the, the the things that you went through and with all the experience that you gained throughout those uh, years, what will be your advice for a new competitor that is trying to get on stage, is trying to um, to make improvements, and but is unable to keep a good balance with uh, with life? Right. We we talk about this in the past uh, when we were at the gym that some athletes mm -hmm. they are they go so full in that they start having problems at home with their husbands mm -hmm. and and the family they just uh, isolate themselves and that's not a good healthy thing to do anyway uh what would be your advice for these people to warn for trigger signs and how to try to bring the balance back well i think you know a lot of people talk about support they've got great support or they have no support or whatever and you know I think it's finding someone to be truthful and honest with you and to point out when you maybe be going down the wrong path or that you're changing as a person, someone that's very good natured and bubbly and interacts with a lot of people being so focused and isolating themselves or removing themselves, you know, that's not healthy because you don't want to change fundamentally who you are as a person to get on stage. You just need to find a way to balance your workouts, prepping your food and all these different things. So maybe if you have to work full time and you're a mother or you're a, a father that also cares for kids or you know, travels and how, how do you do it? You work with a coach that understands your job, understands your lifestyle, understands your priorities and finds a way to come up with a plan to be successful. And, you know, anytime I've worked with someone in the past, I ask them, I said, you know, what job do you do? Are you on the road a lot? Can you carry a cooler? How do you prep your food? Do you prep it? Does someone else prep it? Because let's say um, your wife is prepping your food and she starts to get very annoyed because you're not very appreciative or thankful. It's just expected that my food's going to be there <laughs> portioned exactly the way it is and I need to be able to move it. But she's got something going on and she couldn't do it and now you explode. Yeah. You don't you don't want to be that person, but you need to work through and talk to your partner, your support system and make sure that they can point out when maybe you're not being quite as appreciative, but then also as a competitor when you need to ask someone to step in and help you to give you better balance cuz I by nature is I'm a person that takes so much on and I have a hard time 
asking for help because I don't see it as a weakness. I, I just see it as something that I like to do. Maybe it's controlling or, or something like that, but it's, I don't like to burden or to make anyone else uncomfortable around me, but I've learned that people want to help sometimes. And if you let them help, then that just takes some of the pressure off of you and makes you that much better at what you're trying to accomplish. So again, the advice would just be to, to recognize who you are. And I, you know, I write it down. I write how many weeks in the calendar I have. I set all my appointments for work that I have to have. And I know when I need to work around something. And then if, you know, my son goes, we're supposed to go to the movies and it was my time to work out. Well, I'm going to change my workout and I'm going to go to movies with my son because yeah. that's important. Yeah. Priorities, you know, priorities. Yeah, and, and even if it's 12 or 14 weeks, some people just go, I'm going to put my head down and do it. And I, I don't think that's very healthy either. Yeah. That's a great advice. That's a great advice. Thank you very much, Leah. And thank you for spending this time talking to, to, to us. I think your experience and your story is uh, very inspiring and it will help a lot of people to, to realize that You know, you can always rediscover yourself. You can always uh, push a little bit more if you have the if you are on the right mindset, and recognize when you are not what needs to be done to put yourself back on track. And that's what you did. You recognize uh, the mistakes. You learn from from those mistakes, and you funnel everything in a in a great prep and got this absolute outstanding result. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> It was great talking to you and you know I, I think you're a very inspiring person and I've always loved seeing you around and when we would run into each other at the gym and being able to chat and you know I, th I think you do fantastic things and motivate so many people so so thanks to you and thank you for the opportunity and for the recognition of the the work that's put in and and understanding me as a person and not just a competitor so thank you for absolutely that. i appreciate your friendship and have a great prep to olympia i cannot wait to see you on the olympic stage i'll be rooting for you for sure <laughs> thank you so much Jeremy. I really all right everyone thank you very much and see you again next time <laughs>